Popcast School of Music presents The Singing Gym with Joe Keegan. Team. Hello and uh, welcome back to another episode of The Singing Gym. Uh, this is a podcast by Popcast School of Music. My name is Joe Keegan. I'm founder and head of vocal studies at the school. And it's great to be here uh, with an episode all about something called resonance. Now, uh, whether that word means absolutely nothing to you, or if you've had some vocal coaching in the past and you've heard that term knocked around a few times, it doesn't really matter. Um, today we're getting into the nitty gritty of how this word resonance and your ability to control uh, resonation um, can be essentially a fundamental deciding factor uh, for the tonal quality of your voice and maybe sort of the niceness of the sound that we make when we're singing. Um, it's interesting really that vocal coaches don't necessarily have to be the best singers themselves. Um, often they're not and the, by no means is it a requirement of vocal coaches to be able to sing beautifully. Um, I guess for an analogy, maybe you could think of it like your vocal coach being like a manager of a football or um, soccer team, depending on where you're listening to this from. Um, uh, A coach or a manager needs to have a real understanding of the game and how to put players, tactics and strategies, uh, etc. in place in order to win, right? So uh, here we've got multiple factors of how the voice works, um, which we've mentioned now in a few different elements of the of the voice and vocal training in the podcast so far so much like the football manager a vocal coach needs a firm understanding of uh, how the game <laughs> or the voice works uh, and we need to be able to manipulate these factors um using different exercises and training for singers that we work with in order for them to improve and or i guess uh, win the game of singing <laughs> I don't know. Essentially, my point is a vocal coach doesn't necessarily need to be the best singer, but they certainly need to be able to listen, analyse and diagnose issues that you're having uh, with your singing voice and able to be able to give you um, corrective exercises for those things um, uh, that could be improved and exercises that maybe strengthen what you're already doing great uh, and work into that and make it even better. Um, I had a friend of mine ask uh, me to recommend a a classical vocal coach for them um, because they felt that classical training would be the answer to them being able to improve their their range and all sorts of other things. Now, absolutely, if you wanted to learn classical singing, I would definitely recommend a a classical vocal coach. I am not that. Um, But the reality is that if you want to sing pop or get good at contemporary singing, which she does, um, then find yourself a really good contemporary singing teacher. Um, And if your reason for choosing um, a classical, classically trained singing teacher, a good quality classical trained uh, singing teacher is that you want to sing classical music, then great. But in order to improve the quality of your vocal technique, regardless of the style um, of singing, you need a coach that really knows the stuff in terms of how to teach singing. <laughs> um, not necessarily that they can sing themselves. And there's a big difference. Um, I'll do an episode all about this in the future uh, because I think there's potentially a big misconception there. But the point of the story is if you want to be able to sing pop and contemporary music, uh, contemporary commercial music really well, you don't necessarily need a uh, classically trained uh, singer or singing teacher in order to improve your um, your voice. They don't go hand in hand. You need somebody who really knows 
um, their stuff uh, when it comes to vocal technique and uh, how to teach it. Okay, so uh, resonance is one of the most important aspects of uh, the vocal process. Um, when your resonators are working properly, it makes your voice sound amazing. Uh, and it also makes singing easier. So happy days, right? <laughs> um, the basics of it are um, your resonators are in your um, your throat and your mouth. Now, some sound waves do enter the nasal cavity as well. So uh, when you sing, but um, you can sometimes really feel that tingling sensation in your nose, uh, right? Uh, when you sing. But in general, the nasal cavity doesn't contribute that much to the over overall sound of the voice, unless you're um, trying to send all of the sound through your nose and you get this really, really silly sound. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but the throat uh, and the mouth are the most important. And if uh, we get th those resonators set up correctly and we can control them, um, we can use them in order to interact with the sound wave Um created by your vocal folds uh, in the correct way uh, and get a really good quality um, and nice sound in vocal sound so uh, now you're probably thinking what what on earth are these resonator things um, well basically a resonator all it is is a, 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 an acoustic space if you imagine the difference between um, the string on an electric guitar when it's not plugged in and you just get this sort of twang uh, from the string and nothing else. And then think about the string of an acoustic guitar. Um, when you play the string on an acoustic guitar, it produces this lovely uh, full bodied and louder sound. Um, and that's because uh, the sound of the string um, is allowed to sort of resonate in the, in the space of the holly hollow body of the guitar. Um, so to be specific here, we're talking about the resonation of the sound of your voice that's happening within your body, not the acoustic space as in the space we're singing in, um, which does have a great impact on the sound of your voice. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's why people love singing in the shower and or in a church because um, those spaces generally have a lot of reflective surfaces and we get a lovely reverberation of our voice in those spaces. But in this episode of the podcast, we're talking about what's happening inside the voice. So resonators are just a space in which sound is um, vibrating, essentially. Uh, resonating is the word, right? But um, you get the idea. So as the sound waves are generated by the vocal folds, um, they get filtered and boosted through your resonance chambers uh, or the resonators in your throat and mouth. Uh, we could even use the word amplified, maybe. Um, some vocal scientists don't really like that terminology, but um, I'm not a vocal scientist. I'm a voice coach. So I found that to be a word that helps people generally understand what's happening. Um, but essentially, the sound appears to become more intense if we get this resonation stuff right. Um, we can get a much richer, uh, fuller uh, vocal sound. So if you hate the sound of your voice, um, I hope you don't. But if you hate the sound of your voice and there's things about and all there's things about the sound of your voice that you wish you could change, um, you're in luck because that's what this podcast is all about. And um, the manipulation of your resonators in order to produce a good sound or as uh, yeah, as opposed to maybe where you're at at the moment, um, creating a sound that you're unhappy with. Or maybe you're just curious about how the voice works. So um 
you've got a beautifully gorgeous uh, vocal sound to start with and you're naturally talented but you just want to find out how it's all happening um by the way i would say if you're a naturally talented singer and you've bothered to find this podcast um i'm really happy that that's the case because there's lots of singers out there that have uh, a natural singing ability and a talent uh, when it comes to singing that later down the line if they knew if they eventually sing professionally and regularly, uh, they could and sometimes do run into problems um, that they wouldn't have uh, if they knew a little bit more about the voice to start with and uh, how to keep it in good shape. Uh, so congratulations on being here and uh, finding this stuff out because it's um, it's been invaluable to me um, and, my, and my career and being able to sustain singing for long periods of time and very regularly, three times a week to, for sort of gigs that are sometimes three hours at a time, you know, and, and keeping my voice in good shape. So um, a side note, I'd also like to say hello to everybody that's listening um, all the way from South America, because apparently... <laughs> 16% of the audience for this podcast is in Brazil and Mexico, which is crazy. Um, also because of the fact that only 13% of um, you guys that are listening to this are from the States and Canada. So, I mean, you lot up there, um, give us a share because we're slacking slightly in uh, North America. Um, but uh, on a level, I really appreciate everybody and anybody that's listening to uh, the podcast. And if you do fancy giving it a share, then... Uh, uh, and or sending it to somebody that is a singer that you know and and might benefit from this then I, I, i'm eternally grateful anyway so here's the bare bones of it um you can get a, a really twangy nasty sound if you raise your larynx so for those of you who don't know what the uh, larynx is firstly go back and listen to the episode before this uh, for all the information you need about that. But briefly, you can find where your larynx sits because um, it's where your Adam's apple is, if you can see that. Uh, and if not, you can put your first finger um, across the front of your neck, about an inch down from uh, your chin, <laughs> uh, and swallow, and you can feel something move. So try that. That's your larynx. Um, so if you raise your larynx and uh, make the resonator in your uh, uh, in your throat shorter and widen the sound of your uh of your sorry widen the shape of your mouth you can get get a vocal sound that something sounds something like this yeah um now unless you're in a character for a musical uh, it sounds a little bit like this if you're in a musical maybe uh, you want to make a, a point of singing uh, like that uh, in order to get into character or um <laughs> maybe it's part of your artistry and you want to be able to sing like that um for your own songs um then great, but that's not necessarily the uh, sound that we, you would be after if you wanted to learn to sing and or were paying for singing lessons, right? <laughs> so uh, essentially, the vocal folds um, keep doing the job uh, practically just the same. Uh, but by changing the size and shape of those resonators now, you can see by lifting your larynx and shortening that resonator, you can see that you can change the sound of your voice. Um, what's really cool about... Um, uh, the human voice is that we have two resonance chambers as opposed to a guitar or other instruments um and that gives us such a diverse range of sounds we, that we can make uh, with our with our voice with our instrument um we can drop the larynx and get a, a lower tonal quality to our voice um uh, and really playing with that uh, throat resonator or, or like i said we can we can raise the raise the larynx and really send the sound waves through and interacting with your mouth resonator, yeah? Um, so 
if you've ever played with a, an EQ or an uh, on an amp or if you're a producer or a sound engineer and you've messed with the equalizer, the EQ on uh, on on things, basically EQ affects how much of a certain frequency is uh, present in the sound of an instrument or a, a piece of music overall. Um, so that's what we're playing with here. We're we're filtering out sounds uh, or frequencies and we're boosting uh, either lower or higher higher frequencies through these changes um, in our resonance chambers. Um, the easiest way to think about all of this is that when you use different vowel sounds, you naturally change the way you utilize your resonance chambers. So rather than starting by thinking, right, I'm going to move my tongue forward or back or move your face and or mouth uh, wider or narrower, um, let's think about how different vowels affect our voice. So the best illustration of this could be um, if you say the word ga uh, or ga, G-A-H, ga, followed by g. Um, now you can see there's a shift in the position of your larynx and you can, again, if you just put your finger back um, across the front of your neck and try that again. So ga versus g. Yeah, um, you can see that when you do the, the ga sound, the larynx is quite high and the g sound, the larynx sits lower. Now you can use this to your advantage um, using something called vowel sound modification, right? This is where it gets really juicy. <laughs> so when you sing, as opposed to when you talk, um, your accent uh, and any expectations of what your voice should sound like uh, regionally, um, it sort of disintegrates. Um, Amateur singers at karaoke bars um, often sing with like a, an American accent, even if they're from like uh, Yorkshire, right? Um, and I guess if you wanted to sing uh, with a richer or warmer sound, you could implement uh, some of the that warmth from the lower larynx position into your singing voice at times. Um, so if I sing, I don't know, like, um, bring him home in like a poppy uh, kind of mixed voice sounding style and then I sing something like bring him home using that lower uh, laryngeal position or having the larynx sit lower I can I can when I sing I can change the style of that that single line completely so what I think about in order to do that or the exercise that I might use um, with my students is repeatedly using that g sound um, and thinking about yawning can really help because uh, when you yawn, you drop your larynx. So I'll do some exercises around like a g g g g g g g g g um, or on a five note scale um, over and over again, changing up just a semitone. Um, any of that musical jargon that you just heard doesn't really uh, matter. We just, after that, that g sound, that yawny g sound, um, and I'll do that over and over again because uh, I need uh, you need in order to be able to replicate the sound, you need to know how it feels. You need to be able to remember it through muscle memory, um, how all of these things feel. Um, so again, just like um, in the gym, hence the name of this podcast, The Singing Gym, um, we also need to train the muscles that we use in order for our voice to be able to cope with these positions. And we need them um, to be, uh, need to use those uh, things regularly. We need to get into those positions regularly through one-to-one uh, -one lessons or uh, training in your own practice. That's a necessity. 
Um, if you're using a good online singing course with quality information and exercises, then great. But make sure um, you're really accurate, accurately emulating or uh, um, replicating the sound of the voice of your instructor. Um, that's where vocal coaching on a one-to-one -one basis or just in re in real life or over Zoom, Zoom um, with a, a, a vocal coach in real life um, can really kind of win because they can listen to you and make sure you're really getting that exercise um, right. Um, so in some ways, that's um, the best way to go if you want to make um, gains <laughs> uh, to your, your vocal ability, as in like gains to your muscles. Um, oh God, this analogy needs to end, doesn't it? Um, but if you want to make strides in terms of uh, improving your voice quickly, then one-to-one uh, -one vocal coaching is 100% is, is the way to go. Um now, another way we could change the shade of our voice, um, maybe uh, it could be, the, for instance, the difference between um, the sound of, so we'll go back to the neutral sound, so just ga, and then gi. So if you try those sounds uh, again and pay attention to what happens to your tongue, uh, it should shift forward and, uh, and up. Um, and so we get a lot more of the nasality and gi as opposed to ga. Uh, and I might sing like this, uh, to sing maybe in in Broadway, you get quite a lot of nasality, or in 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 pop. Uh, sometimes uh, we might want to have a less warm sound. So I'm using the word nasality in terms of the fact that um, the the sound is less warm. It's kind of sharper. Um, just to make sure that there's no confusion in terms of me saying that um, nas nasal the nasal cavity is not a uh, a major contributing factor to the sound of your voice. I'm using the word nasality because it, it references that kind of, yeah, um, sharpness to the sound of the voice as opposed to the warmth. So in pop, we might use that to um, kind of blend uh, the sound. So it all sounds kind of, um, you maintain a, a consistency to the sound of your voice through the entirety of your range. So when you sing lower, if you keep that e sound, e as opposed to e when you drop your larynx, or to illustrate that maybe a bit better, uh, if you said uh, obviously as I go lower, uh, uh, sorry, so you can hear the change in the pitch there. Um, if I keep that e, that presence of the of the uh, nasality, that um, e sound, um, then you can keep a more of a consistent tonal quality. As always, uh, if you have any uh, voice or singing related questions, then give me a shout on uh, at Joe Keegan uh, Vocals across all social media. You'll find me there, um, and you can always email me um, on Joe at JoeKeegan.co.uk. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode uh, of The Singing Gym and feel free to get in touch for um, coaching and or just more information um, to ask any questions about the voice. I'm always happy to uh, help singers. Uh, and uh, at the moment, by the way, you can uh, book a half hour uh, consultation lesson with me absolutely free. So go to joekeegan.co.uk forward slash vocal coach um, for more information. Uh, and follow uh, the book now uh, button uh, at the top of the page, which takes you uh, through to my my school, Popcast School of Music. 
And you can book a session at your convenience. All my availability is on there to see, so you can choose your time slot on the calendar there. It's a really great system. Um, You'll love it, uh, I promise. So just to recap, today um, we're talking about uh, resonance and and, uh, essentially if you take one thing away, it's a a filtration process. It's a way of changing the tonal quality of your voice. Um, Listen back to uh, just that last section again to make sure that you um, hear the differences in 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 the, in those the kind of shape of the sound the the way that the sound comes across um and it, you'll develop a, a deeper understanding of this and then uh, go away and listen to some of your favorite songs and maybe try and identify um or replicate the sounds now um really understanding the way that they uh, the the singer is shaping the vowel sounds that you, they used they're using sorry so uh that being said, that's it for today. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, feel free to share this with any singers that you know. Um, and we have a uh, Facebook group now. Uh, so if you go to uh, Facebook um, uh, and head to type in the singing gym, um, you can uh, request to join the group and uh, get in there. Uh, I'm slowly uh, populating that uh, that group with articles uh, all about um, the voice and and how it works and different uh, techniques you can use uh, and exercises. So uh, head in there and uh, you can make sure that you never miss an episode of the uh, uh, of the Singing Gym podcast as well. And um, thank you for being here, and I'll I'll see you next time.